I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Well, welcome back, Owl Pellets. We are really excited to have Aaron McKim and Eric Moser with us today. Um, and with us, I mean Mike and Becky. Brian ditched for a minute, so now we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see how things go here. So actually, it's gonna go a lot better, and then Brian is gonna be super disappointed. We just won't tell him, okay? Because he won't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off today. Aaron and Eric, if you would introduce yourselves um, and share a little bit about yourselves to get us going today. Sure. Um, well, I'm, my name is Eric Moser. I'm currently a master's student at the University of Kentucky in agricultural education, and I'm here sharing some of the research I did in my undergraduate program with Dr. McKim at Michigan State University. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, like Eric, super excited to be a part of this conversation, excited to be on Al Pellets. Um, like Eric mentioned, I had a chance to work with Eric when he was an undergraduate at Michigan State University, where I'm a faculty member in ag education, work with pre-service teachers, as well as our teachers throughout the state uh, in the space of professional development. All right. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. Eric, you want to tell us a little bit about the research that we're going to get to chat about? Sure. Um, this project was um, kind of the second part of a two-part project with Dr. McKinn that I did, looking at how connections that teachers have influence their um, perceptions of staying in the professions. And um, specifically, we're looking at how their personal interests in the curriculum influence those connections, um, as well as some of their personal background with education, whether that be um, years of experience or their type of certification route they went through to start teaching and how those also impacted their um, connections with the profession and staying in teaching. So we say connections, we're talking about connections with the profession, like with colleagues, not necessarily like what kind of connections are we talking about? Um, so we actually asked questions about four different kinds of connections. Um, the first being in their school. So with other school staff and personnel in the, in the actual school district that they work in, um, that could be another ag teacher, but it also includes maybe the science teachers or your administration. Um, we asked questions just in general about their school district. Um, we also asked about their connections with ag teachers. So that could be in their school. It could be ag teachers in their region or their state or even another state. Um, just their perceptions of, do I have connections with other ag teachers? Um, we also asked their connections with their curriculum. Are they passionate about what they're um, teaching? Do they understand the curriculum? Um, do they feel connected with the content that they are teaching? And then the last thing we asked was about connections with their community. So community supporters, um, may, that could include parents, local businesses, um, alumni of the program. And so that we were looking at all of those different aspects of connections um, that we found were important for an eye teacher to have. Very cool. Yeah, for sure. I think, I, well, first of all, I want to compliment um, Aaron and Eric on, on this work and the fact that uh, a lot of this work was done as an undergrad, um, mm -hmm. you know, research certainly isn't for everybody conducting it, but at the same time, being able to expose 
undergraduate students to the process and the experience is super cool and and the work that you did here is really really pretty awesome so I, uh, kudos to you all for uh, the work that you've done and and uh, I know you presented it uh, at conferences and those kind of things but also having it in the journal of ag ed is, is pretty special too and certainly looks like it piqued some interest for Eric and uh, he's on working on a, on a master's degree in the level degree now so so this sounds like um, almost trying to help identify maybe a sense of belonging um, within a profession to some degree when we're talking about interconnectivity. So what 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 does that mean when it comes to um, interdisciplinary activities and those things? Yeah, I, that's a great question and, and kind of the the new piece of this research that Eric added with the second study because the first study we found out connections are important. They relate to career commitment. So we wanted to focus on them. And in this study, we said, okay, what influences uh, connections? And what we found was that how often you teach curriculum that you really enjoy as an agriculture teacher. If I love animal science and my day's full of teaching animal science, I have what we call curriculum congruence. Whereas if I really don't like plant science, but it's I have to teach it four periods of the day, we call that curriculum incongruence or, or a lack of curriculum congruence. And what we found were that those teachers who had curriculum congruence were more connected, not only to their curriculum, which wasn't a surprise, but also to other agriculture teachers, to other teachers in their school, and to their community. And so Eric can talk a little bit more about why maybe those relationships existed, but it was this kind of exciting finding that Teaching what you love as an ag teacher helps you feel more connected, which possibly could keep you in the profession. Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought it was really interesting that we found not only, like you said, it makes sense that if you are passionate about what you're teaching, you would feel connected with it. I thought it was interesting that that passion could then skew into these other areas of, well, now that I really like this, I'm going to go find another ag teacher that really loves plant science as well. And then we can have a conversation about that. Um, and being excited about what you're teaching, you can maybe be a little more excited about being in that school district because you really like what you're teaching in that school district or in that community. Um, and you're more excited to go out and find those connections that would relate to the content that you're teaching. So on those lines, how do you find that? Because like, <laughs> if I think about my own career as a teacher, I taught everything from you know, ag mechanics, small gas engines, welding, which were not like not my strong suit, but that I really came to love teaching to, you know, wildlife and animal science, like, you know, you, you teach the full, teach the full range. And I think, so how do you, one, how do you evaluate that to find that fit? And, you know, especially for, for example, for our new grads who are saying, it's important that I make money right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. How do you how do you balance that, and how do you kind of how do you find that passion and get to be be in that spot? Well, I think it's really important that teachers look to find ways to make interdisciplinary within ag. So, if I was like you, I'm also not an ag mech specialist, um, but maybe I had a lot of interest in animal science. How can I find like? mechanics specific to animal science that I can include some animal science lessons in my ag mechanics courses that could be interdisciplinary with the ag animal science teacher. How can we find ways for teachers 
to start including some of these little topics that can maybe make them a little more excited about the content they're teaching. Because I do recognize that sometimes you're hired into a position that has set curriculum. Um, and that was also something we found with um, in the literature of having autonomy over your curriculum also increases your um, passion for what you're doing. And you have feel like you have a little more freedom in the school to tweak and change your curriculum as you see fit. Um, would you add anything to that, Dr. McKim? Yeah, I, I think you you hit on probably one of the um, one of the best approaches that we would recommend for this, right? How can I integrate the things I'm really passionate about in maybe those subjects that I'm haven't yet developed my passion for? As Becky alluded to, sometimes our, our passions will develop as we go through our careers. The other things the other th things we could recommend is. Maybe it's worth a conversation with your administration and guidance counselor. If there is a passion area in agriculture that you're not teaching, how can you restructure your program so that you have a course in that and develop coursework that, that aligns with your passion? That might work for you and your community. Uh, there's also the opportunity that you can, like we said, learn to love an aspect of agriculture and find the, the things in agricultural mechanics that really excite and interest you. The other piece of this equation that I'll share is in Michigan, and I'm sure other places, there is a high demand for agricultural educators. So if the if if the courses you're teaching just aren't and the community isn't in line with what you're passionate about and you have the opportunity to move, there are plenty of schools that would be excited to have those conversations, at which point you can say, here's how I want to structure the program to meet not only the community needs, but I'm what I'm really excited about. And that's not for everybody, but just kind of being aware that those options are out there for us to to make this alignment work. And that's where my mind went. I think when I think about mentoring pre-service or early career teachers or teachers that are just entering the profession, um, we think that all school districts and all all ag ed programs are the same. And, and the reality is they're different. So mm -hmm. Becky hit on the word earlier, I think, and it's talking to those students or those people entering the career um, about fit. And looking at a program, what's being offered, what's what's the culture and the environment like, and how how can I feel connected to the curriculum and to other teachers and, and all of that um, as a result of where where I'm at, and so not necessarily you know interviewing multiple times and looking for that right program where you can you do feel like you're uh, going to fit because I think in my mind your research is telling me that you know, the opportunity to, to be happy in the position and to have success and maybe even to stay in the profession is highly predicated on, on this connectedness that you'll feel. And I think there's some, there's some encouragement there that you, you looked at four pieces of this connectedness. It's not just like, oh, I'm not teaching what I want to be teaching. Okay. But there's a really awesome culture at my school and I love the people I work with, or I'm in an awesome section or region. And so I'm really connected with other ag teachers or like my community is super supportive. And if, you know, maybe one of those things isn't quite as in alignment, what were, were there implications from your study as far as like how those played together and where, where teachers found, where teachers found that connectedness across those four, those four pieces? Yeah, we didn't look at the relationship between connections across the four. That would be an exciting next step of this and potentially conversations with teachers about, you know, how does your relationship with other agricultural educators influence your relationship with your community? But I agree. And, and the thing that kind of keeps resonating with me is teachers got to find some place to, to plug into their school, their community, 
the the curriculum to really feel a part of that. And I think that's that's an exciting opportunity, as you mentioned. But I also think there's the opportunity for us to discuss what are maybe some teachers who aren't necessarily plugging in as readily into those elements. And Eric's research, Eric and I's research uncovered that uh, teachers who are alternatively certified struggle with this and teachers early in their career struggle with this. And so maybe that's maybe that's a question we could throw out there of what can we do intentionally as a profession to ensure that those individuals uh, get plugged into agricultural education to one of these four dimensions or another uh, so that they stick around. What do you see as some potential best practices? So if, if we have um, an early career teacher or an alternatively licensed teacher that may be sitting uh, in, in their car listening to this podcast, what, what recommendations, what, what have you learned um, through this work that uh, could help people make those connections? Uh, something we found um, in both of our studies was the influence of having a mentor and how important that is. I know in Michigan, it is required to have both an ag mentor and a school mentor um, for early career teachers. I'm not sure, Dr. McCabe, I'm not sure if that applies to alternatively certified as well. But just, I know that's not a requirement in every state. So seeking somebody in the school that can help mentor you and kind of help you find your way through the school and inter introduce you to other teachers that may be on the other end of the building that you never see except for your once a month staff meeting for 30 minutes um, or finding an ag mentor that's nearby that can help you uh, maybe identify some of those community members who are, would be important to have or even just in, like introducing you to other teachers in the state or the region that might be teaching something similar to you. Um, and just helping you with your ag content and making those connections in the ag ed world. One of the things I would say is we think about connections, specifically with early career teachers and with alternatively certified teachers, is sometimes we can, sometimes we, we might fall into the trap of thinking, okay, what should we recommend that those individuals do? But I think we have to recognize that they're making connections with us, the rest of agricultural education. And so I think some best practices, <laughs> I think when we think about best practices, it's intentionality in meeting those individuals, welcoming, welcoming them to the profession, making sure they understand the norms of uh, whatever the professional development is, whatever the experience is, uh, but going out of our way uh, as the folks who maybe are more connected in the profession to bring those other folks in. And in our literature review on research about connections, we found that stronger connections are a product of three things. One, sharing emotions between each other. So if somebody's struggling with it, you know, uh, using emotional intelligence and recognizing those struggles. The second is resilience to setbacks. So acknowledging that this relationship isn't gonna be perfect, but you've built a connection strong enough to overcome some of those hurdles in the way. And the third, and I think is the most important for agricultural educators to consider is openness to ideas. So what new ideas are the new teachers bringing into our profession that we're not going to say, oh, you're new and, you know, your ideas aren't worth yet. You got to kind of prove yourself, but rather being open to those new ideas and also for alternatively certified teachers. What are you bringing to our profession? Because bring a tremendous strengths that we can learn from you uh, and have that be a way to build those relationships. And so I think there is something that we can all do uh, to to address this need for relationships among those who may may not as easily plug into the profession. As we think about those four areas of connectivity that you talked about, is there a, is there a better place to start? 
I know you didn't you didn't necessarily stutter study the interconnectedness, but you know, is there one that's more powerful and more impactful for these area, you know, the, the, the individuals that we know can benefit from this the most. So as we think about either mentoring or helping um, individuals like this, or if we have state leaders that are listening to this, how can we get started in that area? I would say that kind of up to um, each person individually, because personally, I feel like I would, I, would, I have, I coming through a teacher preparation program, I had an opportunity to meet a lot of the ag teachers in Michigan. And so maybe that's an area where I'm really strong, whereas the school I student taught at, I didn't really know anyone in the school. So I spent a lot of time trying to get to know my school district and that community more than I did trying to make these connections in ag ed. But maybe there's somebody who's alternatively certified from the community that already knows the whole community. They know the teachers in the school, but they need to focus more on meeting some of the people in ag education. So I think that really just depends on the person themselves. Um, and I think it's important to acknowledge that there are a lot of different places that ag teachers inter exist and interact with, not just teaching in their school. Um, and it's important to give attention to each of those areas. Yeah, and I, just to add to what Eric was sharing and kind of kind of uh, connecting it with with something that Becky shared earlier, it's when you're if you're struggling with this element of connections, look across those four dimensions, maybe add five, a fifth or sixth dimension based on uh, on on your your personal situation, but then invest in whatever's easiest to build the connections. So if you've got friends or folks you feel like you resonate with who are in the school, build that connection because that will be the starting point and potentially to launch into connections elsewhere. If there's other ag teachers who think and, and work and, and you maybe could envision a, a relationship or a, a connection with, then foster that connection and have that be your starting point. If it's in the community, if it's in the curriculum, wherever it is, um, find that connection and, and nurture that connection. Uh, and what we would hope is that would yield additional connections, but also this com commitment to the, the agriculture teaching profession. So the, the, just as Eric said, it's different for each individual, but for each individual, uh, if you're struggling with this, what's the easiest one and focus in on that and let that be the catalyst for other connections. I think that's so critical because how often are we just like, oh, this is hard. Oh, this is hard. Or I need to do this hard. Like, don't do the hard one first. Like start with the easy one and get the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah. Just take, take the push you can get. That's, that, I really appreciate that insight. You spent some time talking in, in the paper. You had um, the congruence related to eat several of the content areas. Do teachers feel more connected to certain content areas more so than others? And what, what's that mean for what we teach and the enthusiasm by which we teach it and those things? Yeah, so some of the topics where uh, teachers felt the most uh, connection or the most interest uh, were animal science, uh, leadership, plant science, uh, and power structure and technology. And so I think if you if you kind of consider our interactions with agricultural educators and think about our own interests, it probably lines up to those particular areas. Some of the areas where there was less enthusiasm and excitement was environmental science, biotechnology, uh, food products and processing. So um, and even agricultural business, which again kind of lines up to maybe some of our conversations and, and work with agricultural educators. So that's what we found as we looked at that that element of, of interest. That's terrific. So 
you know, as we kind of wrap things up, I thought this was a, an excellent uh, study and an opportunity to think about connectivity. And um, I think you unpack some really uh, interesting uh, uh, elements about what it takes for success to happen. And, you know, we, we all define success differently, obviously. And, but at the same time, if we want teachers to feel like they belong to the community, they belong to the school, they have autonomy over the curriculum, um, they, they feel like they're part of the network and the community of ag teachers. I think you're really on to something here when it comes to uh, looking at connectivity and, and the, the role in which um, feeling good about what you're teaching and, and what you enjoy doing is a certain an important element. So thanks for sharing that with us today. Absolutely. And, and um, the one piece I would, would kind of end as we think about this, if there's state leaders and um, agricultural educators who are emerging as leaders, of thinking about the practices of, of what happens at professional developments, what happens in competitions, and are there things that you all, ag educators in your state, do that are exclusive to certain populations, exclusive to certain individuals in your state or certain years of experience or certain um, certification styles or personal characteristics. Now, how can we challenge those? How can we rethink those so that folks have an opportunity to engage in those and have an opportunity uh, to build those connections? Because sometimes we close the door and don't even allow for those opportunities to exist. And so I'm excited about a lot of the work that's being done in agricultural education about inclusivity. And I think that addresses or begins to address some of those issues. But I think that's something we got to continue to think about as we have these conversations about relationships and connections. Absolutely. And I think the work that you guys have uh, done is a great start to continue that conversation and continue to explore it more both on the research side, but certainly uh, implementing that into practice. And I think those recommendations you, you share are certainly important and, and valuable elements. So Eric and Aaron, thanks for joining us today on All Pellets. Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm happy to have shared this with you all, so. Absolutely, thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you. And we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers.